It's good to see you all this morning. It's lovely to see so many faces as people have been traveling. And if you've been traveling and you've come back and you've rejoined us, it's really lovely to see you. Um, it's lovely to see so many faces and getting back into the fellowship for this, for this year. Uh, this is a, a time of we come and we worship our God and this is a time as a church that we come to, to hear his word. And so I pray this morning that your hearts are open to hear the word of God and your hearts are open to hear what he has to say to you. This is not me speaking to you. This is the word of God spoken for hearts that are ready to receive and to be transformed by his, his word. Um, let's pray. As we come before his word this morning, I'm ready to receive what the Lord has to tell us. Some will be traveling again soon. Some will be going interstate again, going home, overseas again. So we continue to pray for, for all things that we can this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you for your mighty presence. We thank you for the love that you share with us, give us, declare to us through your son. Where would we be, Lord, without this love? Where would we be without this grace? Father, we pray for those who are traveling, that you continue to keep them safe, and those who will leave us soon to travel, that you bless them and watch over them. And Father, we thank you for every person that is here today. We pray your favor be upon us, and pray your spirit be at work. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's a, an honour again to share with you this morning. I do hope and pray that uh, uh, we have hearts that are ready to listen to what the Lord uh, wants to say and wants to share with you. If you've been following over the last few weeks, I've been using the month of January as an opportunity to speak of all things new. and been speaking a little bit about how God does things and makes things new. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about how God is a God of new beginnings. Now, God is a God who intends to make things new because that's who he is. That God is a God who brings the old, and there's no problem for God, to take the old and to make it new. That's no problem. In fact, if anybody can, I've been saying, if anybody can, God can. And our trust and our hope is not in what the past has done to us or what the past is or what's been happening and what happened last year and what people did to us last year or what I experienced last year. Our hope and our confidence is in a God who makes all things new. And last week I spoke also about new habits or new disciplines and how if we were going to be very serious about anything that is going to really sincerely change in our lives, then we need to be serious about developing a life of, of, that, are, that there are habits that are, that are good and helpful that bring us closer and closer to Jesus, that we need to, in a sense, stop talking about the things we need to change and start doing. And I ask you those questions around, you know, what is it? What habits are you going to leave behind in 2022? What habits are you going to leave behind and what ones are you going to start for 2023 as a way to bring you closer and closer? Not in the habits in themselves they are going to make you godly, but they're going to bring you closer and closer to where you need to be in Christ. And I pray that you even now have started to really take that seriously and have made some changes and, continue, and you will continue to persevere in those changes and see God's Spirit working in you and through them. And interestingly, I started a little study on Thursday nights of Philemon, 
uh, while our brother is away, just for a couple of weeks. And uh, that study really focuses on the idea of how God restores these relationships. And we spoke a little bit about how there's, you know, we can live life wanting to always hold on to our rights, but really at the end of the day, what we need to hold on to is righteousness, which is a whole other level that helps us live life well. But it's interesting that that fell on that Thursday because today I want to speak on new relationships or renewed relationships. Because I think this is something that's really important for us to understand how we should do them and do them well. Because it's not by coincidence and by accident that God has brought us all together. It's not by chance that you all sit in the same building. But God has done something and worked something in such a way. And what we need to understand is God's people and the followers of Christ and all his ways, how do we do this thing that we call relationship really, really well? But we need to be very confident one thing, that God is working and God is at work in us. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 1 that we are confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. This is our confidence. Our confidence is that God doesn't sort of start something, all of a sudden presses the pause button and says, ah, I'm going to stop now. Our confidence is that when God starts a work, whether that work is what he's doing with this universe and how he's actually working things in this universe and how he's working things for a purpose to the end, he does this also in our lives. He begins a purpose in our lives and as we trust him, as we trust him with our lives, God's commitment and our confidence is that God doesn't stop this work until the very end, until he completes the very work that he begun. The question is, will we continue to allow him to complete this work? The question is, are we allowing God or resisting him in the things that he wants to do in our lives? We are confident that the work that he started, that he will complete. And you don't really want to take chances with God. You don't want to take chances and say, God, you know, you know what, I'll, I'll deal with it later. I'll, 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 I'll you know, address this issue later as if to say that somehow God owes you that later he'll, he'll, he'll do what he needs to do. You don't, want to take, kind of, you don't want to play games like that. You want to be able to say to yourself, this is God we're talking about, the creator of my soul who's given me life and has given me another day to take this seriously enough to put my trust in him. And so God and his wisdom and his love started something and will continue that. But today I, want to do, I do want to share this on this idea of new or renewed relationships. Because as Christians or in the, in the, in the Christian church, there's always opportunities in which we're making new relationships. And it doesn't just necessarily be in the Christian church. We're doing it all the time in life, whether it's people at work, people you meet, socially, uh, you know, parents having children. We're always, always making new relations. There's always people coming into our lives. But I really want to focus this morning, and I want you to think about that, but I really want to focus this morning on the church community, on how God brings people together. And what does that mean? Because there are people in this room that you've met that you thought you'd never meet. There are people in this room that you've met that perhaps you don't even really know that well yet but what is God doing God is bringing his people together he's got one kingdom and of course in this church he's bringing people together so you can't help but have to start making new relationships I hope that's how you feel anyway and so as Christians we're constantly making new relationships because God's bringing new people into his kingdom 
Or God's bringing new people into the church. And that's a good thing. Not because we are interested in numbers, but because we're interested in people who are seriously committing themselves to a faith in Jesus Christ. But from time to time, we know, and life tells us and experience tells us, that from time to time these relationships break or something goes wrong. And so what does God then want us to do about that? So God is making new relationships, or he's he's creating new ones and also renewing them. Because sometimes things don't go right. And what, is, what are we called to do in those situations? But whatever it is, I really want to focus on this idea of renewed relationships. And what I love about the Scriptures and what I love about the Bible, if you've read the Bible from cover to cover, if you've read the Bible from the beginning to the end, you will see that it is full. It is full of examples of people who do relationships well and not very well. That's everywhere in the Scriptures. And perhaps that's why I love talking about it so much. I love talking about this idea of relationships so much. is because the Bible tells us so much about it. I tell you, brothers and sisters, if faith and love are the, are the heart and blood of the Scriptures, I tell you the truth that relationships become the bones and the flesh of it. Because it's just everywhere in the Bible. It's just everywhere. And it's through these relationships for a large part of our lives, listen carefully, for a large part of our lives, it's through these relationships that our faith is often challenged and our faith is often celebrated. So we can't run away from it. And we, we, we ought not to run away from it. In fact, when things go wrong, these are God's opportunities for us to, God's opportunity for us to, to get things right with Him as much as it is with other people. And so these things that we do every day and the, and the people we interact with every day, God has, God has told, told us so much about this in, the, in, in the, the, the Scriptures and perhaps that's why I like to share it with you. But before everything, I always, I always like to remind us that before we take, a, I guess, a look at how healthy these relationships are among us, we always have to take one very close look at our own spiritual health before the Lord. Because this is what we do as people. Ready? This is what we do as people. It's their fault. That's what we do. It's what they did. It's what they said. It's how they acted. Isn't it just like that's who we are? And one of the best things that we do in life is to be able to take first take a step to pause and say, okay, what is my health? What is my spiritual health before the Lord? Is my soul before the Lord healthy and growing before the great God? Or am I compromising and making excuses for my, the way I'm living? And if we continue to make compromises and excuses in the way that we're living, guess what? We're going to make compromises and excuses in the way we relate to other people. So take a time to take some spiritual health, a spiritual health check, if you like. What is my relationship with Christ like? Does it exist? Does it exist? Because that in itself is going to cause issues with your relationships. And then if it exists, is it going well? Is it growing? Is it strong? Am I digging deep into my faith? Am I creating good habits? Am I believing in the God who can do all things new? Because that in itself is going to help you with your relationships. So this isn't a, uh, a class on building good relationships. This is, a, this is a, a, a message on getting things right with God so that we can have good relationships. 
And I don't know where to start in the scriptures. To tell you what, there's so many places that we can start in the Bible uh, to, to talk about these things. You know, I'm thinking, which passage do I even read from when the Bible's so full of all these examples? I mean, do I start, for example, do I start with Cain and Abel, the first two brothers in the Bible? Here they are, the first two brothers in the Bible, Cain and Abel, and, the, and Cain can't live with his brother. I mean, think about it for a second. Cain, you got an issue with Abel, seriously? Pick a place in the world. Go anywhere. As you're not restricted for space. You know, any place you want to be, you know, you want to sort of travel, get, you want to get away from your brother, it doesn't matter, really, just go. There's the whole world you can go to. And yet he couldn't. He couldn't get out of his heart this thing toward his brother to the point that he killed him. He couldn't get this right within him, that even, even the choice of going as far as he wanted to go, who else was on this earth? Nobody. Couldn't get it out of his heart. Where do we, do we start with Cain and Abel? The, the inability to be able to deal and with unresolved guilt or unresolved um, um, having something against someone. Or do we, do we, do we talk about Jacob and Esau? Two other brothers, Jacob and Esau, where Jacob tricks his father to get Esau's birthright, ends up fleeing, comes back after doing something in, in deceitfully, comes back, thinks Esau's going to really uh, hammer him for it, and Esau embraces and loves him. Do we talk about that? And the way sometimes we make, people make mistakes, but there's always room for forgiveness. Do we talk about David and Jonathan in the Bible? Two non-biological brothers who love each other so much. A love that pictures the love that should exist in the church. Do we talk about that love, the strength of David and Jonathan that really couldn't um, separate? They They were inseparable, their love for one another. Even though circumstances tried to separate them. Maybe we talk about Joseph and his brothers. He's Joseph being mistreated by his brothers, abused by his brothers, sold by his brothers. And then when Joseph has an opportunity to retaliate and destroy them, he discloses who he is to them, forgives them, loves them and helps them. When really he had every opportunity to get rid of them once and for all after what they did. Imagine being sold by your brothers into slavery. <laughs> Imagine being so mistreated by someone to the point that they hated you so much or they wanted you so much out of their life that they sold you into slavery. And yet he found it in his heart to restore and to forgive. Do we speak about Paul and John Mark and the ministry, how the division was so sharp that for a season they were separated, only for there to be Restoration. Or do we speak about Jesus and his disciples and how he chose them? Men of different backgrounds, different experiences in life, and he chose them for one ministry. And he loved them, cared for them, taught them, was patient with them. Even right to the very end when he asked them to pray for him, they were sleeping. I mean, the scripture tells us again and again and again about all these relationships. We could pick any one of them and talk about them. But the question is, what do you do? What do you do? in your own relationships. And then, of course, the perfect example of Jesus and his father. He talks about him and he and his father are one. He and his father are one. 
How beautiful is that? We could talk about the Trinity. We could talk about all sorts of things and how God declares himself in so many ways as a way to show the strength of relationships. So who are you closest to these days? Who do you feel closest to these days? Who would you say is the person in your life that you think, oh, him and, him and me or her and me, they're, we're, we're, the clo- we're the closest. They're, they're my best, best buddy or I feel like I'm, I'm most uh, open to them or I'm just as, as closest to them as, more than anybody else. Who are you closest to? What makes your relationship with that person so close? Is it because you have to? Because oh, I'm married to him. You know? Is it because you have to? Or is there something deeper that's going on in that relationship that's making it as close as it can be? Who in your life at the moment is really bothering you? Who's really bothering you? Who do you think of and you think, oh. You know that person who perhaps you know, gets under your skin very easily. Who is that person in your life at the moment? And how are you coping with that? What are you doing about it? Do you just kind of accept it as, okay, well, that's just normal? Or is God wanting you to do more with that? Who is the person in your life that you're most estranged from at the moment? You just feel very like things have terribly broken down. You just don't see them anymore. The person that maybe once you were close to or you had some kind of relationship with. And now you don't know what to call it. Who is the person that you want to be closer to but you just don't know how to do it? You wish you were. You wish you could make a way. You wish you could find a way. (laughs) Or conversely, who's the person that you want to be further away from? at the moment it's good everyone's looking straight at me not sideways or who brings who's the person in your life at the moment who brings the worst side out of you is there someone like that at the moment who for some reason they just bring the worst out of you now you're all good and everything's fine until you're with this person. And for some reason, you do things and say things that you regret. These are just life. This is just life. These are just experiences in life. This is just what we go through in life. But God in all these things has a purpose. But God in all these things has a message, has a teaching, has a way that he has taught us how to be and how to live. If we would get our things, our, our, whole, our life right with him, he reveals to us all the things that we can do to make it right with other people. We are called to new relationships and we are called to renew them if they break. And as a church, we can't exist thinking to ourselves that we can just ignore these things, hoping that they'd go away. No, God has a plan for us to deal with them as he would call us to deal with them. So very simply this morning, I want to talk about three things, how God makes them, keeps them, and restores them. Okay, how God makes them, keeps them, and restores them. And you're going to have to listen to a few scriptures I'm going to share with you and then I'm going to turn to one passage in 1 Corinthians 
uh, for us to read read together, which is what I've been doing the last couple of times I've shared with you, get you to more listen to the scriptures and then we turn and read something together. Let's look at the first one, how God makes them, how God makes these relationships new. God does this by his power, brothers and sisters. God does it by his power. When we talk about God and the church and we talk about the things of God working in the church community and the community faith, God works this according to his plan and he creates and makes these relationships new and he does this by his power because I can't explain it any other way. I can't explain how we're all in the same building other than the power of God. I can't explain it. God has worked in your heart and in your life and for his wisdom and for his sake and his purpose, he's brought us together, he calls at the church and he calls us for a purpose together and we work for this purpose for the glory of God because he doesn't look at things and think, God doesn't select based on, um, on what is going to be a naturally good fit. Do you know that? I mean, just, I mean honestly, because... Because naturally, we're not good fits. Sorry, no, it's not to be offensive, but we're, we're, we're not, naturally. But God doesn't select based on that. What he selects is based on people who will come together and serve him and make him the focus of what he's doing in this world. And it's our faith that unites us and our love for one another that strengthens us. And this is what overcomes all things. I mean, if you know me long enough, you know that I love referring to Jesus' disciples. I love referring to the way that Jesus didn't select his disciples based on what would be a naturally good fit. So he chose tax collector and he chose fishermen and he chose zealots and he chose all sorts of people that would bring them together and say, hey, I want to use you guys for my kingdom. I'm going to bring you together. I'm going to train you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to send you off. I'm going to leave this earth. I'm going to leave it up to you by my spirit. And so I often refer to how he brought together Matthew the tax collector and he brought together Simon the zealot. Now, if you know your history, you know tax collectors weren't liked by the Jewish people. And if you know your history, you know zealots were Jewish um, um, political freedom fighters, if you like. <clears throat> the, the zealots were trying to get rid of the Roman rule. Matthew was working for them. The Jewish really didn't like tax collectors because of what they were doing. Matthew was... Ex- taking money from his people. So Jesus brings them together. Not a good fit. One hated the other, one was scared of the other. But he brings them together to the power of God who establishes these relationships. Because God makes them new. God brings them, he makes them new, and he does the work that he needs to do. Jesus said in John 10, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them I must also bring. They will hear my voice, and they will be one flock and one shepherd. Because what God was doing, because Jesus came and he came to his people, he came for the Jewish people, but he said, you know what, there's a whole other people I'm going to reach out to. These are people who are beyond just the Jewish community. These are people, the rest of the world, the Bible refers to as Greeks or Gentiles, the rest of the world, he says, I'm going to bring them as well, and they're going to be one flock. 
and there's going to be one shepherd. And this is what Jesus says is going to be the strength of how people are going to see your, um, you are my disciples because you're going to have love for one another. So we can't just coexist and think, you know what, I'll just put up with one another. No, we don't just put up with one another. We, we love one another. God, Jesus didn't say, they're going to see you are my disciples because you put up with each other. No, we love one another. And our commitment is to love them with all our hearts. In fact, our commitment is to lay down our lives for each other. This is love. And so Jesus calls one flock and he calls them one shepherd and he makes himself one shepherd with all people. And then right in Revelation, the Bible says this, and they sang a new song before the throne and they said, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll, referring to Jesus, and to open its seals for you were slain. Listen, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, every tongue, every people and every nation. There is nothing about God that looks at our culture or heritage or background and say that you are better than someone else. He brings us all together and says, you know what? Because you have put your faith in the blood of Christ. He's brought us out from every tribe, tongue, people and nation. He makes it new. He makes the relationship happen. And then, of course, in Galatians 3, Paul says, and there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor nor free. There is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? So Paul, listen to what Paul's doing here. He takes what is traditionally a, 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 a place of discrimination. He takes what is traditionally a place of conflict and a place of, of one person thinking themselves better than the other. And he says, no longer like that in Christ. If you're a Jew or a Greek, same thing. I'm not looking at that anymore. If you're a slave or a free, same thing. I'm not looking at that anymore. If you're a male or female, I'm not looking at that anymore. And so he takes what is traditionally one of those things where people see themselves better than someone else and he says, I'm going to smash that away because in Christ you're all one. Now, I think as a church, listen carefully, I think as a church we've done okay when it comes to Jew and Greek. I love my Greek brothers and sisters. No, I mean, it, we, we've done well. We don't culturally worry too much about things. <clears throat> I think as a church, we, we certainly have done well slave and free. We don't think about others who might be in prison or out of prison. We, we, don't, we don't look at this in some ways as, as better than them. I hope we don't anyway. But I reckon as a Christian community, we still don't get rights male and female. I still don't think we get it right. I still think they're in the hearts of men an attitude that they are somewhat better than women. I still think it exists somewhere in the hearts of men, in the, how they act, how they speak, how they treat women, all those sorts of things. And we need to get it right. God has given us different responsibilities, I get that. But there is one in Christ. And our love for one another must prevail above all things. We must submit ourselves one to another. We don't see ourselves more valuable than someone else. We don't see them less valuable because of who they are. God makes them. He makes them. And if we don't get this right, I don't think anything else can really come together. He makes them one. So God makes relationships. And he makes them well. 
And we need to start them all the time. Now, starting new relationships for some is easy, and for others it's challenging. Just, just maybe by your personality. Maybe you just find it hard to make new relationships. That's okay. Or maybe you're so social that you make relationships really, really well. But I tell you the truth, sometimes that's even a challenge because your relationship in the church isn't meant to be all social. It's meant to be founded on faith in Jesus Christ. So he makes them new. And then he also keeps them new. I want to speak for a moment on this. He keeps them new. And I want you to turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He keeps them new. And in 1 Corinthians 13, I want to read that famous passage for us to reflect on this morning because this becomes the foundation of things that help us keep our relationships strong and where they should be in the Lord. And if we neglect this, we open ourselves up to all kinds of vulnerabilities and a weak and weakness in our relationships with one another. Can I say, when it comes to our relationships together, I mean, you know when I'm talking about relationships, I'm not just talking about marriage, I'm talking about all forms of relationships, whether it's friendships, parents, children, husbands, wives, just very generally. When we talk about these relationships, let me tell you something. To keep relationships strong in the church, to keep relationships strong, listen, listen carefully, it is hard work, brothers and sisters. It is hard work, but it is not burdensome. Do you understand? It is hard work, but it is not burdensome. It is not burdensome to love one another, but it requires in our hearts and minds every intention to make it work. I mean, what did Jesus say? Do unto others as what? As you would have them do to you. I don't want someone yelling and screaming at me. I don't want someone uh, speaking bad of me. I don't want someone choosing to not forgive me. We do unto others what we want them to do to us. If we want to be treated well, we treat them well. If we want to be loved, we love them. If we want to be spoken to well, we speak to them well. It's very simple, isn't it? I don't think Jesus complicates it. But yet it's hard work, yet it's not burdensome. Remember what Jesus said? Don't copy the world. He said, um, uh, Jesus calls his disciples together in Matthew 20. He says this, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. You want to keep good relationships? Well, don't copy how the world does things. Don't copy that. Don't copy how they live life together. Don't copy how they boss each other around. He says, you want to be great? Then you've got to be a servant. Yes, that means you've got to be humble and you've got to be selfless. Yes, that means you need to reach out even when someone's not reaching out to you. Yes, that means you've got to stop thinking to yourself, but they don't call me, they don't speak to me, they say things. You've got to, you've got to be a servant. This is, this, is, this is keeping strong relationships. A selfless, faithful response to all that is going on because you love Jesus. And you're, and you're copying, if you like, his way. So when Jesus was so bold that he took, he took time to wash the feet of his disciples, even the one that would betray him. Because he knew this was important. And he taught us what to do. Stay humble. Stay selfless. And if you do this, 
you'll watch your relationships grow and grow stronger and stronger. But can you do it without this? 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 13, verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't parade itself and it is not puffed up. Love doesn't behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It is not provoked and it thinks no evil. Love doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things because love never fails. And before you go any further, you talk about God making relationships and when things are broken or things are ex- or you're just in relationship or whether they are just happening or whether they are broken, this is, has, to be, has to be a big part of who we are as Christians. We need to be able to say with absolute confidence, Lord, as I come before you, as I examine my own heart, I know that my love that you've put in my heart, the love you've put in my heart suffers long for those around me. You need to be able to say that confidently when we talk about a spiritual health check. You need to be able to say, yes, I have a love that suffers long. Not the first time someone says something, I'll fly off the handle. It's a love that suffers long because I'm trusting in a God who's able to equip me with this love. I am living life humbly and selfless and a faith that comes to the end of myself and is filled with the fruits of Christ. That I can say confidently, my love suffers long. My love is kind. My love doesn't envy. That my love doesn't parade itself and it's not puffed up. That my love doesn't behave rudely. Does it? Are we guilty of that? My love doesn't behave rudely. My love doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It doesn't think evil. You think, oh, this is ridiculous. How can someone live like this? This is the love of Christ in our hearts. This is what we're called to. This is the strength of our relationships. And when they are broken, this is what renews them. Because what does love do? It rejoices. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes and endures because it never fails. If you put love of, of the Lord first, it will never fail you. Do you believe that? And then we have in the scriptures all the, you know, what we refer to as the one another verses. Have you read them before? It's all the one another verses. It's all the verses that speak about how Christians, people are called to be something to another. There's, there's I think in the New Testament, over 50 of them. There's all these one another verses. And to do this is, again, the strength of our relationships. We are called, I'll give you just a taste of it. We are called to love one another. We are called to honor one another above ourselves. We are called to care for one another, serve one another, be patient with one another, be compassionate with one another, forgive one another, submit to one another, pray for one another. There's just a taste of some. Because when these things happen, there is strength in relationships. And finally, brothers and sisters, I'll finish with this. God makes them, God helps us to keep them, but when they break, God promises he can renew them. And they will from time to time. (laughs) There's going to be things that come up. Someone's going to bother you. Situations are going to get hard. People are going to say something. 
or they're not going to behave how you hoped they would. But here is where we put on Christ more than any other time. And for things to be renewed, and I'll go wrong to varying degrees, but for things to be renewed, I want you to think, and I'll, I'll begin to wrap this up. I want you to think about three things for things to be renewed. I want you to think about these things. Firstly, I want you to think about your conviction. When something breaks, what is your conviction? Do you accept the brokenness as normal? Do you say, oh, it's broken? Just that's life, it's normal. And go on living life? Is that your conviction? Or is your conviction is no? In the body of Christ, this is not normal. This must be repaired. What is your faithfulness? Number two, what is your faithfulness like? What is your faithfulness towards God? You must remain faithful when things break. Because I'll tell you the truth. If you start making excuses for your relationship with God, you are going to make excuses for your relationship with other people. Oh, it's too hard with God. Oh, coincidence. It's too hard with people. What is your conviction? What is your faithfulness? And thirdly, probably most importantly, where is your forgiveness? The one thing I say to couples when I'm speaking to them before they get married is this. If you, do not, if you are not prepared to have forgiveness in your heart towards your partner, your whole relationship is going to be undermined. It's, it's going to be incredibly... Uh, you're, going to, you're going to face things that are going to really be confronted because there needs to be a place. There needs to be a place always in your heart to forgive. There's power in that forgiveness. And you need to ask yourself, if things are broken at the moment, what is my conviction? Am I being faithful to God? And am I prepared to forgive? We think about God's forgiveness toward us, how great it was, Matthew 18, how great it is. And it drives us to understanding that we must forgive other people. If we choose not to forgive, I have no confidence that that relationship will be restored. It might, and hopefully it does, but I don't have the confidence as much as I could have if there was forgiveness in someone's heart. So I want you to look at your relationship today. I want you to look about the new ones that you formed. I want you to look at one, perhaps the ones that are broken at the moment, the ones that need to be renewed. And I'll finish with these questions. Are you hesitant because of your past hurts? Are you feeling hopeless because of your past failures? And are you losing interest because of other interests in your life? Because brothers and sisters, I believe this. When we, um, when we, the people of God, commit ourselves faithfully to God's plan, then this is our confidence. This is our confidence. And I want us to understand, as we, as we read in, in 1 Corinthians 13, I want us to really take away with us this morning that all relationships, new and renewed, must be driven by this love. This love that is... Um, 
selfless, this love that is humble, this love that represents Christ. And it can happen. It can happen. This morning we're going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to, I guess, speak into our lives with the people who are around us, the people who are part of our life. And as the Lord speaks, I pray that you respond as he calls you to. Because God has brought us together and the strength, again, of our relationship is our strength, is based on our strength or the faith that we have in him. And God has called us to make things new and to keep them new. So let me pray for us. Let's bow our heads this morning. We're going we're gonna to join in song this morning in a moment. But while we're just reflecting, only the Lord knows in our hearts how much we hold back, how much we are, maybe we're holding on to, on to, on to bitterness or unforgiveness. Uh, maybe we're quite happy we don't see someone anymore. Maybe some people in particular uh, are a bother to us or a concern to us. Um, th- these aren't all just coincidences in our lives. These are areas of life that God has called us to to make it better, to make us more like Him in those areas. And I pray this morning that we don't dismiss it, we don't say, oh, look, it's okay, I'll just live with it, this is how it is, but that we know that we've done what we can. And sometimes that's all we can do. We can do only what we can. That our conscience is clear before the Lord, that our love that we have shown is the love of Christ. Sometimes we just got to trust that's all we can do. But we know that before the Lord, that we've been faithful to represent him. And I pray this morning that you may reflect on this as we, as we sing together. And then we, we, close, uh, we close in prayer as a church. Let's just uh, <coughs> come to the Lord in prayer this morning. Just as we reflect this morning, I pray as you contemplate the Word of God, if there's anything that the Lord has revealed to you that you need to ask Him for forgiveness for, that perhaps you haven't helped the situation, you haven't fulfilled His purpose or lived that love out, I pray this morning there's no embarrassment. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask Him by his blood to wash away and strengthen you, give give you strength by his spirit to go and be renewed as you go to establish these renewed relationships. Be renewed yourself in the ways of the Lord. Don't let it drag out. Don't let it continue another day. And uh, brothers and sisters, I ask this morning if there's anyone in your heart that you haven't forgiven. Just ask you this morning, don't leave it another day. Make a decision this morning to forgive. Yes, whatever the outcome is and however the Lord wants to take it, let that be his will and trust him but make it your purpose and your decision this morning to forgive. And allow God's Spirit to work and lead you in the next steps of what to do. It can look different for different people, but just choose this morning 
to stop holding on. And let the love of God prevail. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you, God, for your mercies, which are new every morning. We all come with our frailties and our humanity, Lord. We all come with our vulnerabilities, Lord God. We come and you brought us together into one place. What an awesome gift you have given us. That is your church. You have called us from all different places, naturally, a place, a people that wouldn't fit. But you, by your spirit and by your goodness, has brought us into one body, the church. We thank you for this. And by your love, Lord, our relationships continue to be strong by the love of Christ and the love that you had for us and the love we have for one another. Father, may we walk in your footsteps selflessly and with humility. And Father, when we are challenged, give us the mind of Christ to continue to walk as he walked. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for the love they have for one another. And may we continue to grow more and more in this love. Bless them this week and let your face shine upon them and your favour be upon them. In Jesus' name, amen.